welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world level. I'm your host and well-being alchemist, Michelle Schoenfeld, and I'm thrilled to share the airwaves with you. So today, I just, I'm so excited really to bring back a guest by popular demand, one of my favorite humans on this earth. Please welcome Gabe Azulai to the show. Welcome, Gabe. Oh, wow. What a nice welcome. And thank you, everyone, for making me this favorite guest host. I'm really happy to be here. And of course, I love being on your show. You make accessible all these ideas and fancy words that we hear on the wild wide web and everywhere else you make it so accessible and being part of it is really a great pleasure for me thank you so much you know i did a very brief introduction obviously because i could sing your praises all day for those of you have not heard gabe has done other shows on you lost me at namaste we've talked about yin yoga and the benefits of water fasting he has over 20 years experience in wellness and we actually met at the Life Co. in Bodrum, Turkey, but you hail from Thailand, correct? Well, you know, I, I definitely like to say that nowadays that's my home. And you're right, like I, we met at the Life Co., which is a wonderful detox center, a really wonderful world um, dominating brand, we can say that actually. And I really met them first in Thailand. And so you and I met in their center in Bodrum, but I started my journey with them meeting the founder, Ursin, in his Thailand center, actually. And Thailand is my second home and has been my home for the last two years in COVID. And so a part of me is actually extremely grateful that I got to be locked in in this <laughs> wonderful country. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So when I came across Gabe uh, in Turkey, actually, we were both teaching retreats. And I was coming from the meditation and energy healing kind of platform. And Gabe was doing a much more in-depth lifestyle retreat with the founder. And I just feel like we are kindred spirits. Like we spoke the same language, our energy, you know, really energy is currency and our energy just matched. So I appreciate your kind words to me that I can kind of demystify some of these popular wellness trends and make it relatable. I felt the exact same way about you in areas that weren't my forte. So I was, I'm going to throw that right back at you. In fact, that's why I really wanted to have you on today as well. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. Yeah, so before I remember we, that go because we got to really go in on yin yoga when we were the first time at Bodrum and that was a new concept for you. And then because of that, I just really appreciated how we both understood that some of these words that seem so catchphrasing in the sounds of people who know about them, but for the average person, they seem to be kind of off-putting and kind of filled with mysticism, as you said, and unknowns. And I remember how it was for me when I came into the world of yoga from a place that there was zero of it. And so being finding another person who wants to make it more accessible to everyone was a huge, excitement for me. I'll, I'll say that because not many people kind of want to approach it from a simple side. And you did. Thank you. For those of you who are interested in yin yoga and knowing more, go back to season one. The episode is there for sure. It's a great episode. So before we go into like today, we're going to talk about just some things we can do to quickly tune up 
and come back to balance because so many things in the world, obviously, not just the past couple of years, but in general are out of our control. And so there's some like tools and tips that we can do to bring ourselves back to balance quickly and easily anywhere. But before we go into that and you share that, would you just kind of give us an update on what it's been like being in a lockdown country in Thailand for the last couple of years? So in, my, in some ways, I'll have to give a little credit since you can come in and out of the country. It's just that it requires a variety of tests and a lot more bureaucracy from paperwork. And so that's why in my head and in my words, I use the words lockdown or locked in because until it's much more simple where I can just buy my ticket and get on the, and go to the airport and get on the plane and leave and land somewhere and then also come back because I like Thailand a lot and this is where I live now. And so being able to come back is a huge part of the process of leaving. And like I said, right now it's still a process. So I invite everyone to come, but it's a process. You have to fill the paperwork. You got to take a test when you arrive. And so these, these things just made it very easy to stay here. And like everyone just heard, you can come in and you can come out. And we do have a little bit of tourism here. Well, let me rephrase that in that, because we did speak in the middle when I was like kind of locked down in Turkey and you were locked down in Thailand because your job and what you do is so heavily reliant on the wellness industry and tourism. And that wasn't happening for a while. We kind of both talked about how we started finding a different connection with ourself because there was so much more kind of free time, which of course everybody had, it was hard to get used to, but would you maybe share some of the things for yourself that kind of changed for you? Because you weren't just seeing clients all day, every day anymore. There was a lot of kind of looking within. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And and I will say this to Thailand and our wellness industry, where Thailand was such a big Mecca for tourism, the, the, the holistic tourism anywhere from yoga retreats to meditation retreats to detox retreats. And so those are still not back in there, even in a little bit, it's very difficult to bring groups, like we just said about the bureaucracy and the tests that doesn't lend itself for big groups to come in. And so of course, right away from the very beginning, like everyone else, I had to kind of recognize what am I gonna do to serve others? And so I was very fortunate because we got to do a show when I when I closed when it was closed. I led a variety of online events and I even opened a yoga studio in the in the, at the beach with a friend of mine with the idea that we were just going to run some virtual retreats. I took my I took my Zoom. I filmed meditation on the beach. I filmed meditation in different caves. Um, there's a lot of temple caves around where I live in the south of Thailand. And so I really tried my best to provide people with the digital experience of wellness Absolutely. and yoga. And, what is it, and what's a temple myself, cave? For myself, I, a temple cave is basically a cave that is actually a temple where there are statues. And because I live in Thailand, and so the main image of a meditator here is the image of the Buddha. And not because he is... Um, anyone better actually the beautiful image in Thailand of seeing these Buddha statues in seated meditations or lying down meditations is that the Buddha the word Buddha simply means someone who knows and so we have this first person 
Siddhartha Gautama, who kind of experienced knowledge, and then he wanted to share that knowledge. And so he is known as the first Buddha. And he liked to say all the time, everyone is a Buddha. You're a Buddha. And the other person is a Buddha. Everyone is a Buddha, meaning everyone who's someone who knows. It's just that most of us are walking around with an ignorance. We're just not aware. And so as you said in the, about what our show is about, about being able to provide self-care, self-awareness um, is the big part there. Can I it's become so conscious of what is going on for me? I like that you just brought up Siddhartha um, and being like first Buddha. That was one of my favorite books. And I read it in college. I think it was required reading for one of my classes, world religions or philosophy or something, but I didn't get it. You know, I was in college. I was interested in going out to the parties and like getting done with the least amount as possible <laughs> to pass the class. <laughs> then 20 years later, I reread it. And I don't want to say life-changing because my life had already changed in so many positive ways. But it was such a yummy book then. Like I just soaked up every page that I read it three times in a row in one month. And I don't know. I, I just, I love it. So thank you for bringing that up again and reminding me. I think I'm going to go back and even read it again. I encourage listeners, if you're not sure what we're talking about, go and read it. I don't know. Can you give like a, a minute recap on the book? Is that something you're comfortable doing? Yeah, of course. Was? So, yeah. 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 So obviously you're going to give the listener in the notes. Let's give the author of Siddhartha, Hermann Hesse, credit. So Hermann Hesse, a German writer, took the story of the Buddha, which is, again, could be considered as a little bit of a mythical, but because he was a real human being, because we can find uh, different references in historical books, even though it's almost 2,500 years ago, we know he was a real human being like, like Jesus. And so the book kind of just puts the life of Siddhartha in a much more autobiographical manner, we can say, and the gist, let's give the listener very the relatable. gist. Then, it's very uh, relatable, very easy. Very relatable, exactly. It's, it's kind of like reading a modern, uh, a story about, a, about yourself um, and the experience about what will happen if you're choosing a certain path in, a, in life. It's kind of be like David Copperfield or Oliver Twist, um, just in a different category because the story of Siddhartha is the story of the Buddha. And everyone, if you've never heard of the Buddha, if you're an adult in today's world, chances are that you've seen some sort of an image of someone sitting in a, in a sitting position, maybe lotus, maybe not, and just sitting quietly. Um, and you've heard the word Buddhism and you may not know what it's about, but now we give you the gist, which is about this prince that was born. His name was Siddhartha. And his father just never wanted him to, to see the difficulties of the world. And you're a parent, I'm a parent, any parent can relate that we don't really want our children to experience difficulties in life. And when you're a king, you can offer that to your child, something that sadly I couldn't offer to my child. <laughs> um, and, but when the child was 27, married with a child, there are certain things that you just can't, hide from your from yourself or from your son things like someone getting sick things like someone um, having um, no money someone very poor or someone dead and so when you see these three experiences of life and that's what happened to this prince suddenly it's like well how come there's sickness how come there's poverty how come there's death the things that we all worry about and 
like I said a little bit earlier about, we just don't know. And the, the beautiful parts of ancient philosophy from yoga or from, from Thailand, from Buddhism, is just that, that it doesn't put you down for not knowing. It just recognizes that life as we're born, it's not like we should know everything and someone has to teach us. And one of those is why is there suffering? And so that's what the Buddha Siddhartha asked himself. Why is there suffering? Why is there death? Why is there poverty? And honestly, he didn't find an answer. But he goes he on a quest, the, right? So he leaves so the he comfort. He goes on a quest, exactly. Beautiful. As, Thank you for using that word. Yeah. He goes on a quest. He goes to the yoga side. He does all these poses and he becomes a yoga master, but he doesn't find the answer he was looking for. So then he goes and he becomes, he starves himself. He, 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 he chooses to go to the complete other side of experience of living. And then he finds an answer. And the answer is very simple where, well, death is and pain is, suffering is all around us. But what's interesting in the words of the Buddha is that we, we are the ones that cause the suffering. What an idea that, like we just said a moment ago, if I am aware, then I can, I can do something about it. So if I know that I am responsible for my suffering, then there's something I can do about it. So the answer suffering is, is finding it within. Is that the answers are within? It's the not finding within, it. Right. The outside, outside, right? Yeah, it's finding well, we the answers from- within. So we have to accept that the answers are inside. And then we have to accept that suffering is part of life. That it's not going to change. But how we can react to it and how we can perceive it is up to us. Right. Which ties in so well with what we're going to talk about today in that we can't control what's going on in the world around us, but we can control how we react and how we feel. Exactly. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you. I always love when you explain something like this, we've heard, we've all heard Buddha, but no, people don't always really know. And Siddhartha, of course, is a popular book, but most people haven't really read it or like myself, they did the cliff note in college. So thank you for explaining that and bringing it back to, it really is within. And so how do we tap into that through, you know, meditation or mindfulness or breath work or whatever, how do we tap into that, bring ourselves back to balance when everything around us is chaos. And sometimes it's addictive to go down that dark spiral of anxiety or fear, right? Because some of those hormones and some of those neurotransmitters that we start to produce when we're anxious or scared are addictive, just as dopamine is, or, you know, serotonin or whatever. We want more of the good stuff. Sometimes we want more of the bad stuff. So not on purpose, we don't think we do, but it happens, right? So like we know drinking's not good for us. Meanwhile, one drink turns into two, three, four sometimes. So chocolate, we know chocolate's not good for us and yet we're gonna eat the whole pack. Right. You know, the French fries are not great for us, but hey, I'll eat the salt on it. Right. so (laughs) So the important part is, is to realize when it's, you're going out of balance and cut the cycle, break that cycle and bring yourself back. So- Um, why don't we just go right into it? So you're going to share with us three tools that we can use anytime, anywhere to bring ourselves back to balance. Um, again, in the show, one size doesn't fit all. So go ahead and do these with us. If those you, if you're driving, save it and come back to this exercise. If you're listening at home or on the beach or somewhere in the office, whatever, go ahead and join us. Um, but yeah, so why don't we just jump in? 
Yes, and I really want to emphasize again what you pointed out, that the first part of all of this has to do with just first awareness. And in this particular situation, we're looking at the word self-awareness. And the big part that we'll take, and the reason where I want to present mindfulness, and it tied right in because mindfulness did come from the teachings of the Buddha. And if you were in Thailand, people used the word vipassana for it. And some of our listeners may have heard that word, vipassana. Some of our listeners may have heard the word mindfulness. Technically, vipassana is the Sanskrit word or the Pali word for mindfulness. So English is mindfulness. And that is about becoming aware. But the most important part there is accepting whatever is happening which deals with exactly the first thing that we're saying. Yes, life and the world around us is going to be chaotic. It's going to rise and it's going to fall. Are we going to be able to at least take the second part and just learn to accept things as they are? That's hard in itself. So this second part needs the first part to support it. And the first part to support accepting everything as it is, is just to notice and so for the listeners of us, the best way to do this is to take a moment and to just sit or stand or lie down. But if you're driving, yes, please, please, let's not follow this exercise <laughs> unless you're stopping the car and not at the red light. And so again, you could sit, you could lie down, or you could be standing. What an idea. And then later, we're going to connect it so that you could do it walking. But now you're sitting, you're lying down, or you're standing. Close your eyes. And for so the I'm next, just ask everybody, I'm gonna give people here a couple seconds that if you are yes, somewhere exactly. where you can go um, and sit or stand or lie, take a minute and go ahead and do that. Um, if you have your phone, put it maybe on do not disturb. That shouldn't inhibit listening to the show, but it will keep any text or phone calls from mm -hmm. coming through while you do this. So I just wanted to do that. So, all right. So hopefully and, everybody now you're sitting or laying down. <laughs> We're standing and it's only 30 seconds, but we're going to give you, I'm going to take you through a variety of things that you will seek very quickly and you can apply in your life longer or just a short period and see what happens. And so this is just 30 seconds, but all we really want to do in the next 30 seconds is not do anything. My words are going to be there, but I want you, the listener, to not do anything. I don't want you to move your fingers. I don't want you to touch your hair. I don't want you to open your eyes. Stand, sit, or lie down, and don't move a thing. And notice when you want to itch or when you want to open your eyes. Just notice this feeling in you. I know you have it. I have it also. And remember, for another 10 seconds, we're not doing anything. We're just watching, observing, and accepting, what an idea. You're learning how to accept whatever is happening in 30 seconds by allowing yourself just to be with whatever is happening to you. And here's the bell. Okay, I we'll love that Michelle so much. how that was for her since we can't ask the listener. Well, you know what, I'm gonna ask you because I, honestly didn't realize we were starting and I'm guessing maybe some other people listening didn't either. So let's use that as a warm up, and Fantastic. let's do it again for a full 30 seconds. Tell us when you're going to start 
And I'm going like, to start the bell before and after now. Perfect. And so that was a great little intro. And so I'm going to, again, before we start the bell again, I'm going to give the listener the power of this mindfulness awareness. You're learning to feel when you're agitated. You're learning to feel when you're upset. You're learning to feel when you're feeling high and happy with life. And you're learning to accept it without needing to change it. Now, I know that when you won the lottery and you're feeling like 100 million bucks, you definitely don't want that to change. And I hope that will happen for you. But I also know that when you're feeling down or when you're feeling confused, you're wishing it to change also. And mindfulness is about learning to accept things as they are while being open to feeling them. So we're not saying that it's, I should change it. You might be able to go to, you, it might change. And, but we are learning to be with things as they are. So 30 seconds, a bell before, a bell after, here we go. So you're just being with your body as it is. There's sensations in your body. And so we could start there. You're just paying attention to the sensations from your feet, up your legs, to your hips, your shoulders, your fingers. They might be tingling. There might be a sense of itchiness. There might be a desire to move. Accept those. Those are all wonderful things that you're noticing. These are part of your moment. And see how quickly time flies. Okay, so since you asked me to share my experiences, within the first five seconds, I wanted to itch my face. I wanted to scratch my face. <laughs> like I my nose itched, between my eyes itched. Like, and I was like, okay, that's crazy. It didn't itch before. And then I think when you were probably about halfway through, when you were talking about your feet and your legs and moving up your body, Somewhere in there, I took a really deep breath and felt everything just kind of relax. Like I felt my shoulders just kind of relax, like halfway through that. It was like, oh, okay. <sighs> like it was okay to let go. Yeah, right. that was a lot in 30 seconds. And, and then when I opened my eyes, 30 seconds. yeah, and when I opened my eyes, everything looked a little brighter. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, today we are in a blessed world because I know that at least 95% of the listeners have a smart device, which means you have a timer. <laughs> I remember when I first came to meditation and it was like, okay, I needed to know how long I was doing it. I, I mean, I couldn't, I had to open my eyes. It was, I didn't have a timer. I didn't have a smartphone. I remember when I found a cooking clock, you know how you have those clocks yes. that you can put a timer and then it rings when it's over. Yes. I found one of those. And then I used to carry it for years <laughs> until I got my phone. That was my ringer. So I could do my five minutes. And the idea for me is to the listeners, I gave you 30 seconds. I know it went by fast, but I know all of you had what Michelle was talking about, that you had this weird feeling that you didn't have before I started talking. And by the time the bell rang again, you didn't have it anymore. And if you do it for one minute, and we do say in mindfulness and this, take five minutes. Can you give yourself five minutes? Can you take something for five minutes? Any of these tools we're going to give you today, why not just give yourself five minutes? Even though I could do it in 30 seconds, but choose five minutes if you're going to apply them in your life. I like that you five said that because when I started um, 
meditation before I was teaching it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I started with Deepak Chopra and his 21 day free, which is him talking for a couple minutes. And then I think it's a 10 to 12 minute quiet meditation where he has some music. And I always felt like it was so long. And then, you know, I, of course I studied transcendental, which is the 20 minutes twice a day. And I always felt like it was so long. Um, and then of course you become to love it, but in the beginning, it does seem like a long time, especially when you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing with your mind. Having somebody tell you is very different than what actually happens a lot of times, right? The monkey mind goes crazy. What I love about what you just did is I was really like, no, don't be over. It was 30 seconds and it was over so quickly. And towards the end, it felt like such a great relax. It was like I had given my body permission to release and relax and I didn't want it to end. So instead of starting to be like, how much longer? It was like, oh, I wish it hadn't ended. I wish we had done it for a minute or two minutes. So I think that's interesting too, especially for beginners that, you know, maybe try it for a minute or two minutes first. And then yeah. if it feels good, move on to five minutes because there is something really rewarding about accomplishing it, right? We feel like we did a good job because we made it through that minute or we made it through that two minutes. Like, yay, I can do it. Everybody listening right now could do that 30 seconds. So I love that. I like start small and build up. And before you know it, you're going to be like a full-on meditator without even realizing it. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. And one of the reasons I do this is because if I would encourage, if I'm encouraging the listener to do this alone without my words in the background, yes, I also made a 21-day um, free meditations and we'll give the listener the link. Wonderful. And, mine, and again, because I'm, I'm like you, 20 minutes with the Deepak Chopra or the way meditation a lot of times is out there with 20 or 30 minutes seem very challenging to do more than once if you're if you're the listener or it's a lot easier because you hit play and you don't really have to do anything you don't have to worry about anything there's not a lot of responsibility on your side and it might not last outside in the real world right like I would do it a lot before now. I went to bed I would turn it on right. once I was in bed and everything and listen to it and that's how I'd kind of fall asleep but you know, I do think when you're thinking of a 10 minute or a 20 minute meditation that gets added to your to-do list. Right. So we don't put brush your teeth on your to-do list. You know, we know we just brush our teeth. And so if you look at it, like you said, for a minute or two minutes or even five, whatever, that doesn't add to your to-do list. You can do that right. anytime. You can do that while you're waiting for your Uber. You know, you can do that while you're sitting on an airplane, while you're in the office, while you're in the bathroom, it doesn't matter. So Correct. I really, and I like that. I'm looking for, I was, um, I was hoping what I would like the listener to get is something that they could use and apply in their life. So you could do these longer meditations. You know, you can go to YouTube. You got a good insight from us now with Deepak Chopra, mine. So there's other, you probably have also, so they could find longer meditations. But what I hope for the listener is to take these tips about how to apply so that their life and the continuing of life from this point to the rest of their life yes. finds these moments on how to deal with the tension that we have. And especially now. So that's why I wanted you to come on today and do really short, quick that we can use anytime things exactly. that everybody listening can do without putting it on your to-do list. It's just going to come natural. So let's move on to the next one. I think the next one is going to be a breath meditation, correct? Exactly. So now that the listener got this other idea of you could pay attention to your body and you gave them a little there. So we're going to tap into that. 
and accept whatever's happening. So now the listener has this powerful part of how to apply this to daily life, to learn that things are just going to be there. And can I not react? Can I respond? Can I accept things and watch what's happening and then act from a place that I know I want to do it? What a powerful feeling that will be for each and every one of us. So this next one is tapping on the same idea, but something that you have to be more attuned to, which is your breath. Now, the reason I use the breath is because one, you will always have it. I promise you that when you go on vacation, it's there. When you go to work, it's there. When you're trying to go to sleep, it's there. So because it's so there for us, it becomes the easiest and fastest tool we can check in with because the average person never does that. And that's just the breath. We're not going to complicate it. We're not going to try to make it some weird yogic breath. All we're trying to get the listener to understand is that you know when you inhale and you know when you exhale. And I don't care if it's with the nose or the mouth. I just need you, the listener, to take the time to inhale and exhale and not just do it one time, but for 30 seconds. So we're going to take 30 seconds. We're probably just going to take about two breaths, but we're going to help the listener understand what it's like to inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, and really be with their breath. Does that make sense? How do Absolutely. You feel about that? So are we going to use the bell again? Again, we're using the bell. I got the listener covered before and after. Great. So again, you're either sitting, lying down, or standing. Close your eyes. And so as the bell finishes, your body, now you know when you exhale. And now, when do you inhale? Follow that inhale. Where does it go? But there's an exhale. So enjoy the breath leaving the body. And then enjoy the next inhale. It will come. And so will the next exhale. And just be with your breath, however long it is. And then another inhale will come in. And another exhale will exit. And we accept that the bell rang. And we can, you can continue following your breath. And the beautiful thing about it is you could stay with it while I'm talking. You could stay with your breath while you are talking next time you hang out with your friends. The breath is such a powerful tool that we can bring to our lives. And anytime you simply inhale and then you exhale, you'll be able to capture this feeling that you have right now. I, again, didn't want it to end. <laughs> it's so relaxing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Exactly. That's why we are providing these tastes because it's like ice cream. If I give you a taste of the ice cream, you'll want to have a whole bowl. And so our desires is to give people the taste. And then because we know that the ability to taste your meditation, these experiences for longer are so simple. All you have to do is take your timer and decide how long you want, two, three, five minutes. And then Absolutely. close your eyes and inhale and exhale. Or just watch what's happening in your body like we did in the mindfulness. And then accept whatever's happening, nothing to stress about. You're so engaging. I could listen to you all day. I definitely will. I would love to include the link to your 
meditation program. Day meditation. Yes. Yeah, that one I'll give a little, a little, a little tidbit because like that one, I worked hard to offer a little bit of humor in the beginning. So every meditation starts with a little joke. That's why I love you because it's relatable. It's relatable. That's why I love it. Like people, it's fun. It's not too woo-woo. It's It's like real world. Yes. And today we're offering the listener three different tools. We offer the mindfulness. We offer the breath. We're going to finish with a, um, with a visualization. But in the meditation, in the 21 days, every three days, we go through a different style of meditation. Because meditation, at the end of the day, there's a variety of ways on how to do it. And before we finish with a visualization, I want to help the listener understand that these first two that we did, the mindfulness and the breath, even though I asked the listener to close their eyes, these two, you could apply anywhere. So when you're walking, so you're paying attention to how you're walking. And I have a little hip problem the last year. And so when I walk, sometimes I have pain. And so I feel my pain. And then I apply my mindfulness. I accept the fact that there's pain. I love that. I, um, you know, when I'm teaching retreats, we'll lead a early morning mindfulness walk. And what I do with that, of course, is we um, bring awareness to like our feet and how it feels, you know, for our heel to our toe on the pavement or the sound of the gravel underneath. But I love for myself doing it all when I walk anywhere is just kind of looking around and how many shades of green can I see, you know, the different shades of green and the different leaves and bushes and flowers and trees. And then maybe visually I will, my eyes will take the cutout of the landscape, you know, and go across and see the difference in textures and heights and valleys and, um, or sounds, right. What we hear, what are we here and what do we hear closest, the closest sound And what do we hear the furthest away? And there's so many ways to add that mindfulness into your everyday life. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Fantastic. Now I'm glad that also that the way that I'm helping the listener kind of relate this to their daily life, you're you're able to give them other ways that are also used already with you and your students, with you and yourself. And so that way the the listener can really recognize that we're not just sitting here providing these different experiences in, in this laboratory setting we call retreats, but rather these are the tools that we use in our daily life. Absolutely. All right, this is great. So now I know we're going to move into um, a short guided visualization. And you had mentioned that like athletes use this, like this is very beneficial for a lot of different things besides just bringing yourself back to balance. Do you want to just give like a short right. little explanation before we go into it? Yes. Yes. So visualization, I'm going to give the listener something impactful just from the, like you said, from the sports world. So I remember when someone told me that a man named Michael Schumacher, who is a famous Formula One driver, was using meditation to keep his heart rate at about 70 beats per minute. Now, I need the listener to understand that the average heart rate of a race car driver is at about 190 a minute. So they are, and they are driving the car for about two hours. So for two hours, the heart rate of these drivers is about 150 to 190, which is extremely high. It's basically like running a sprint for two hours. And so these are athletes in very good shape. But so we take this person and I remember what what he's using meditation, he's lowering his heart rate. And so the idea here is visualization is that, can I visualize my heart 
And obviously the heart, you can also feel, but you're visualizing the heart, you're, think, you're, you're seeing the heart in your mind's eye, and you're focusing on bringing it down. Now, I will give credit to Michael Schumacher's team that he had a lot of electrodes on his body and he could see a monitor. And so the visualization was taken to another level, but that's one idea of visualization. Swimmers, gymnastics, in fact, all athletes take the time to visualize the, the actions that they're doing, not just the results, not just them on a trophy uh, winning, but rather, how will I hit the backhand? How will I take that stroke? How will I do that jump? So they're really taking the time to see it in their mind's eye. Again, this is applicable to all of us. The things that we're trying to do in our lives, whether we take the time, five minutes, sitting, lying down, or standing, and we're visualizing the action steps that we want to take. Now, most of us maybe have read about this and we have all these different ideas about what that should look like in the business world. And hopefully this helps the listener get a different idea that it's not just your to-do list, but rather if, if you're trying to be, if you're trying to give a presentation, then you're going to take the five minutes and you're actually going to see yourself on stage confident and bringing out the speech. So a guided visualization is that, but I'm not going to take you through that because obviously we have a variety of listeners. So guided visualization meditations are usually about, can I create an environment of healing? It's and interesting so you bring that up. So I want to go back just for a second about the athletes. I was a pretty high level soccer player, mm. um, had a couple of D1 tryouts, but I will give a lot of credit to my high school soccer coach who's from South America um, who had us do guided vision. He did guided visualizations for us recorded in the old days on cassette tapes that nice. we would listen to the night before a big game. And it really made such a difference. But when I think back now, I won't say how many years, but definitely a couple decades, <laughs> how not ahead of his time. Cause this has been around for thousands of years, of course, but really in current time, he was ahead of his time, right? Yes, like by far to have us do this at a public high school, you know, 20 some years ago was pretty amazing. Um, and also to piggyback on that, what you said about healing is we know the power of the mind to heal. That's the placebo effect, right? We know our mind is, is really powerful. We can get better if we think we're taking something that's going to make us better. But there's also this great study in the American journal of psychology where they took college age athletes and men, they divided them into two groups. And these were high level athletes. And one group worked out with a physical trainer five days a week, and they did strength training, they did cardio, they worked with weights, that kind of thing. The other group was not allowed to touch a weight or do cardio, but simply worked with a hypnotherapist that led them through guided visualizations of the workout. And at the end of the month, the group that had done everything with the trainer grew their muscle, the size and strength by 27%. The ones that did nothing was 24%. So they still had a 24% increase in their strength and muscle mass, and they didn't touch anything. And that was all through right. very high level. That's a lot more than what we're going to do today, of course, but that just lets you know how much is out there. If you want to seek this, you know, okay. it's like you have a big meeting the next day. If you go through it the night before in your mind is a visualization of how everything's going to go in the best case scenario and how you want it to go and see it. 
there's so many other ways this can play out. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there too. If anybody is really interested, if this resonates with you, there's so much information out there for you to explore. Okay, so back to you and our guided visualization. No, but that was beautiful because it also allows the listener to realize that, oh, it's as simple as what you imagine, but most of us never recognize that we're not as specific as we really should be. And in visualization is about the specificity of what's happening. So yes, the coach giving you a, a recorded about what to visualize is ahead of its time, especially for you as a, as a high school student. And for the listeners, your adults, I know that you can visualize what you want and how you want it to be done. What and it's I'm never do, too late, right? Like it's never, never too, too late. And there isn't really like a necessarily a right or wrong way. And what I mean by that is you don't have to be highly trained. Just try it. Just trust exactly. yourself to try it. Um, you don't need to like get expensive courses on how to do this. Just try it. Listen to us, Google it, go on YouTube. Uh, because even for myself, and I, I don't know if you would agree with this for yourself, Gabe, but for myself, being in the wellness industry, teaching meditation, doing guided visualizations for people, doing healing, I still forget self-care myself sometimes. I get so wrapped up. In fact, right now I have a lot going on. I'm about to film a travel show in Turkey. We know what's going on in the world right now. Is it going to happen or not going to happen? I have all these to-do lists, which I'm not going to mention because we're in a calm space, right? But I have all these things that are kind of could go one of two ways right now. And I started getting myself in this frenzy. And I was like, wait a minute, girl, you know what to do. And I like went and took a shower, washed it all off, did my little shower guided visualization, and then sat for a few minutes and visualized exactly how I wanted it to go. Because I know we're powerful manifestors, every single one of us, no matter who you are, whether you know you are or not, you're a powerful manifester. And it goes the way you want it. And it goes the way you don't want it. Sometimes it's really whatever you're focusing on. So if you focus and put yourself in this positive visualization and not the what if, or what if this happens? No, just the positive way that you see it going, it'll make all the difference in the world. And that's what I did. I just, I saw myself, I saw the flight going as it's supposed to go. I saw everything that I need to kind of line up, lining up. And within 10 or 15 minutes, it was amazing how my outlook was different. Amazing. Exactly. No, I love it. Yeah. And I noticed exactly. my space, and by the way, too. My personal space starts getting cluttered when my mind is cluttered. Right. So right. sometimes cleaning up your space makes a huge difference, too, whether it's the mail pile or the clothes that's not folded and put away or whatever it is. Everybody has their own thing that they know gets out of control. And, you know, and a lot of it is tied to our mind. So this mindfulness 30 minute or 30 seconds and the breath meditation, those all help calm us and bring us back to that balance, that alignment. Yeah. And that's what we're okay. looking for. We're looking for ways on dealing with balance in a non-balanced world. And all of you who are wishing that this world was more balanced. I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> we but, can, it's inside of us. I'm not talking about <laughs> Russia and Ukraine anymore. I do get that human beings definitely fight with each other and cause pain to each other. But the idea is that the world that we live in is a transformative world. One day it's going to be sunny. One day it's going to be raining. And so our moods are going to have the sunshine and rain. And what we want to be able to learn is how do I find my comfort day to day? Yes. And when you said, we, of course, the, these are tools that we use 
because we're human beings and human beings have ups and downs, rains right. and sunshine. And how do we learn to be at peace with everything? Exactly. So now let's, let's just go into it. So those of you listening who are participating, not driving, go ahead and take a sip of water. Um, again, if your phone was up, put it back on, uh, do not disturb, take a seat. Let's jump into our guided visualization. Is, is give you a guided visualization that's designed to create a healing. This is known as the egg meditation. This is designed to kind of give you an idea on how to bring about self-care, self-healing, and self-support. This is one minute, so I'm going to take a minute of your all's time, unlike the other ones that were 30 seconds, okay. but this is, this is the way we're closing it. And so do take this one minute, and at the end of that minute, you'll be able to enjoy feeling well-rounded. I can tell you I already want more. <laughs> Fantastic. That's where there's a link to 21-day meditation <laughs> with Gabe. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Okay. Harika. As the bell finishes and you're finding your comfort space, whether you're sitting, lying down, or standing, I want you to imagine that you are wrapped with a big shell, like an egg. This is your healing shell. Within this egg shape, you are able to bring into yourself all of the nourishment, the care, and the healing that your body needs. Your body knows. That's why it's wrapped in an egg. It knows how to take care of itself. And so as you are giving yourself permission for this cover, to take care of you. I promise you that it will stay with you even when you hear the bell. And so you can choose to remember that you're constantly protected with this visualization as you go about the rest of your day. And you could use this to start the day so that you feel protected throughout the rest of the day. And then you can apply the breath, paying attention to your own breathing as you go about your morning routine. And then you could also accept whatever is happening as you walk and maybe you stub your toe at the edge of the bed, but you can still smile because you're protected with the eggshell that you wrapped yourself with before you got out of the bedroom. Oh, amen. That was really beautiful, Gabe. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank well, you for having me. And I hope that was serving for you as well as our listeners. I'm thinking that everybody is feeling a little bit more calm and relaxed right now. So I think this is a great time to kind of end our show and let everybody just kind of enjoy this nice, relaxed, calm feeling for a little bit. Um, again, thank you for joining us, Gabe. Thank you, everyone. And hopefully, like we said, that we are in a time of chaos, sadly. So we left you with this wonderful bubble of care and support so that you have it with you for the rest of your day. And every time you listen.
Well, that's a wrap for this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. I'm your host, Michelle Schoenfeld. Know that you're worthy. You're enough. You were born for a reason and the universe needs your gifts. Until next time, namaste. Namaste, everyone. you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you and until next time, namaste.